With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is Isaiah Kiner-Fleffa with the Texas Rangers. Welcome to the Texas Rangers Baseball Podcast with Jeff and John. Jeff Wilson started covering the Texas Rangers in 2008, though he'll never forget 2021. Out on his own, he decided it was time to do a podcast, but his wheels were spinning until a nerd came along. There's no going back now. Welcome to the Texas Rangers Baseball Podcast. Here's your host, Jeff Wilson, and the recliner nerd himself, John Moore. All right, and welcome to the Texas Rangers Baseball Podcast. This is episode 12 today. Well, it's technically called Aaron Zavala because we are going to have on the Texas Rangers second round pick Aaron Zavala, but more than anything, it's winter time. Good Lord, Jeff. There's a lot of things happening right now. Yeah, this was this was going to happen as soon as the World Series ended and then you know the qualifying offers were, were handed out or not handed out. And um, yeah, it's 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 unbridled free agency. It's it's going go nuts and and anybody who who, who has a rumor is going to tweet it or or write yeah. about it and it's a lot it's a lot to to put your mind around and to be honest it's it's hard to figure out what to believe you got to use some common sense at some point sure and uh, uh but yeah it's some people think it's fun and and uh, it can it can make your head spin though yeah and, and i i always think it's fun of course i like to spend my armchair gm stuff i like to spend way too much money and trade too many people just to have fun and that's just the fun of it and i'm never hardly ever right i am i was right on one thing kind of and i want to get into that but first let's go to our sponsor and we'll come back i got a lot that we got to get into here today's episode is brought to you by superior sports investments Established in 1995, they carry one of the largest graded card inventories in the country with the widest variety of BGS and BCCG and PSA graded sports cards. Unlike other online sellers or auction houses, they own their entire inventory. They don't take consignment, no auctions, so they take pride in every sale that they make. They make sure every card they sell is the highest quality item possible before it leaves their hands and packaged safely and securely. Visit their eBay or Amazon stores to see their entire inventories or browse superiorsportsinvestments.com. That's superiorsportsinvestments.com. And use the promo code THANKS5 for a discount. Okay, so here we go. Look, we're back at, look, I do, I'm going to pat myself on the back because even a broken clock is broke uh, is right twice in a day, right? Is that the, is that right. the saying? Whatever right. it is. Yeah. yeah. October 13th, I was fooling around, putting out junk, doing all that. I brought up the name Seiya Suzuki, and he wasn't posted. No one knew if this guy was going to be posted. I threw it out there in my first uh, armchair GM, and I had us signing him. Had no idea if he's going to be posted. A lot of people linking Seiya Suzuki to the Rangers right now. Not that it'll happen, but it looks like he is going to be posted. Morosi said that. He is going to be posted. That was an intriguing name to me because I thought when you're, when you're thinking AAV, this guy is not going to be a $30 million a year AAV guy. He's probably going to be 10 maybe 15 at the most. Um, that's a good guy to get when you're going to spend a lot of money that you don't have to drop the bank for. Well, and the, you also don't have to give up draft pick compensation for him. Exactly. And I think that's, that's really – a vital thing here is as the Rangers operate this off season, it, it appears that, uh, you know, there, there's a good chance they will give up a pick for a shortstop um, unless they sign Baez who, who does not have a, a offer attached to him. So it, anyway, um, yeah, the, the Rangers have a, a really long history of signing players who are either uh, Japanese and have played in Japan or Americans or Dominicans who have gone to Japan to resurrect their careers um, they, they have a working agreement with the, the Nippon uh, ha- ham fighters. Uh, uh, what, what are they? Hokkaido. And um, so anyway, the Rangers have a presence there. And, and you know, they had it before you Darvish, but you Darvish really kind of uh, made the Rangers a, a, a player there. And uh, it, it's kind of dwindled a little bit since, but they're still 
there's there there's still a known quantity there and i would be very very surprised if they they did not uh attempt to sign suzuki you know it's a little it's a little different you know it's not like it was when darvish the, the highest bid doesn't win exclusive rights you put up the, right put up uh, however much and um then he then the, then the player gets to decide where he wants to go so uh there there'll be a little more uh, of a sales job uh, a little more competition but he he is he would be an upgrade uh you know the, the rangers think he's much better than uh, uh yoshi tasugo who who uh signed with tampa bay before the 2020 season and kind of floundered and ultimately i think was either traded or released i think traded to the dodgers and then sent uh, to the pirates in some capacity and he's kind of in no man's land right now yeah uh you know suzuki's more athletic different just a different player and a better player i mean you look at you look at this guy's numbers in japan and they're they're eye-popping he had 38 home runs this year i mean yep. this is a this is a this is a, a a really good guy and he did well in the olympics so anyway i i think that that this makes just too much sense for the rangers not to pursue him and and it, it's fans and look for me i'm like yes and you know i put that name out that's a name being tied it's perfect for them you know what as as i was sitting there saying that and i put something together this week i kind of floundered with with say suzuki and why i thought it made sense there was another guy I really started thinking about and lo and behold if if jeff wilson didn't come out with a, a entire story about him another guy that was a former ranger that's been in japan and i'm sorry when you're trying to spend money but there's some value with someone that could come back here and may not cost you much Nick Martinez makes sense in a lot of senses to come back here. That guy ate a lot of innings last year. He's not going to have a 1.6 ERA here. We know that. But good Lord, if he stays below five, eats some innings, does what he does, apparently his fastball's gone up in, in velocity. Um, he was not a horrible pitcher when he was here. Um, I mean, well, yeah. he, he was rushed to the majors. I mean, I, I, yes. I don't think there's any doubt about it. He could have used another season or two in the minors, but. You know, uh, he pitched, uh, I think, in high A, and and Darvish was injured entering the 2014 season, was going to miss one start, as it turned out. Right. Uh, but Martinez was the guy who filled in and made his debut at Tampa Bay. Pitched pretty well, and then ended up just kind of hanging around. And um, that was the way it was for, for four years. He, he just kind of hung around. He right. was serviceable at times, but he gave up a lot of home runs. It didn't strike out many guys. But this year, it was the complete opposite which was kind of a departure from what he'd done previously in Japan. So, um, you know, maybe he struck on something. And I mean, he definitely did in Japan. Yeah. Uh, carries over, but it would, it, you know, it would be a value, like you said, it'd be a value sign. And I really, I really think that's the way the Rangers are going with pitching. You know, maybe yes. you get Nick for, for two years and he, 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 he kind of bridges the gap between what the Rangers have now, which isn't a lot, and what they think they have coming, which they think is a lot. Right. So uh, it's it's uh, an interesting name to kick around. Uh, there are going to be a lot of teams interested in him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think he uh, had any – burned any bridges on his way out or anything like that. Yeah. And I think it's it's another name to, to kind of keep track of. And, and let me be clear, and Jeff is not saying this at all. You need to go read that at jeffwilson.substack.com. He really gets into the depth of it. Neither Jeff or I are saying you're not looking at – Clayton Kershaw. You're not looking at another big name pitcher. Um, we're not saying that they're not going to be looking at them. They are, of course, going to be talking to any big name pitcher. They're not afraid to sign a big name pitcher. But when you need to get a few arms up here in the big leagues, you could go sign two of these free agent pitchers that are that were in America last year and still bring in Nick Martinez for probably a fairly well priced and have three good arms right there that could do something. That that's my opinion. So that's not what you were saying either. This is a guy that's intriguing and and might fit here well. Yeah, and I, I don't, I don't, I, I guess I'm on the the uh, minority here. I don't, I don't think the Rangers are going to go crazy with their pitching. I just, I just do not think they're going to make this huge splash with starting pitching because they've got so much and coming up. Yeah, but right. I mean, the, this is a rebuild, and and the, the they still need to stay the course. They can't just uh, because they have a bunch of money in their pockets. All you know alter the course that's it you know it's kind of setting up like um when you know aj preller's first offseason in san diego he made all these crazy moves and signed guys and trades and all this stuff and it it didn't get him anywhere and it set him back the rangers are at at a position where they could make a bunch of moves they have money and they have prospects right but to divert from that is taking them away from what 
the, the long range vision is. Exactly. You want to have homegrown starting pitchers. Yep. I'm telling you right now, the Rangers would take five homegrown starting pitchers if, if they could pull it off. I mean, that's, sure. that's every team's, you know, it's for, for six years, you, you are winning, winning the financial game, you know, and, and uh, then you have to decide what to do, but it's just, I, I think that, um, you know, oh, they can sign Robbie Ray, Marcus Stroman, Clayton Kershaw. They could sign a thousand guys. They're, they're just not going to do that. They're not going to go all in on pitching. That, and, and, and what you're saying is to- totally reasonable because the reason, look, a great organization has two or three guys at double A AA or triple A that are just have outstanding numbers and have you going, why isn't that guy up here? It's because he doesn't have a spot up here right now. That's a great organization. When you got guys just beating down the door to get here, yes, that's where you're at. Could they sign a big-name pitcher? Absolutely. And that's not – what I'm saying is you and I aren't saying they're not necessarily not going to sign a big-name pitcher, but there's a right. lot of value with, with those guys that aren't Marcus Stroman and aren't Clayton Kershaw. There's some guys down the line who could be really – I like Gauss, Kevin Gossman a lot. And um, that might be the highest I would look at right there or wrote on. You know, let's go into these qualifying offers and who didn't get a – who surprised you? What names surprised you that they didn't get a qualifying offer? Well, I, I think I think Kershaw surprised me um, just, um, just based on his history and – uh, with the Dodgers and, and, you know, they want him to, to uh, uh, retire as a Dodger, you know, spend his whole career with one team, which is very appealing and, and doesn't get done very often. So I, I think that one probably, probably comes as a surprise. Uh, but, you know, just reading what uh, Andrew Friedman has said here this week, uh, they, they didn't want to box him into a, a position where he had only 10 days to make a, to make a decision. They feel like, because he's Clayton Kershaw and what he's done for that franchise that he has should be afforded the, the opportunity to, uh, you know, work at his own pace here. Um, so, but, but it's still, it, 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 it does kind of strike you as a surprise. Uh, I think Steven Matt's not getting one with, with yeah. Toronto is, is, is pretty big. I mean, he would have gotten a, a massive raise from what he made uh, this year, but, uh, you know, they, they have it. There's a chance they're going to lose Robbie Ray, who they did give a qualifying offer to. It just seems like they'd want to protect themselves a little bit uh, and, and at least know that they're going to have one of their their good guys from from this season uh, coming coming back. Um, I think it kind of would, would guarantee that at least one of them would be back. So uh, right. those are the two that I, I think surprised me the most. What about De Sclafani? Is that how you say it? Was that De a surprise? Yeah, I mean, he had a nice year, too. Um, John Gray with the Rockies, you know, he's been there a while and, and, you know, they've been trying to extend him and they didn't trade him at the deadline. So you would think, Hey, the, you know, the logical thing is for them to, to give him a qualifying offer to keep him and to keep working with them, but they didn't do that. So, right. uh, there are, there are guys like that, but you know, the, the giants, uh, have a chance to lose a lot from their rotation, uh, this year, you know, 107 win team or whatever it was. And, um, they have, they have a chance to look a lot different on the mound, uh, depending on what happens in free agency, but the giants always spend money too. I mean, that, right. that, that's kind of an underrated thing that, you know, those, when they were winning those world series, they were spending a lot of money. So, uh, the giants aren't afraid to do that. Any interest in Kikuchi? Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. You know, uh, <laughs> he, he throws 97 and he's left-handed, but, um, and he's probably better than Arihara, you know, um, I just think that, he's been seen a lot by the AL West and the Rangers uh, obviously play the, the AL West. So, they do. They do. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't know that you want to give sign a guy who is a known quantity and there's already a real thick book, probably the, the thickest book out there. Right. You know, so uh, I, I would, I would probably bypass that one. Okay. So, you know what, let's do, let's, let's go into some of the rumors. Um, so th- there's, there's some rumors out there. Uh, you know what, let's do this. Cause this is going to, this is going to be an ever changing thing. If you had to guess right now, you could guess a couple of pitchers. The Rangers might sign. We'll go pitchers first who you think are legitimately, this is who to watch for. Cause this could change. Those guys could be off the board tomorrow. Actually, when do you think this thing starts kicking in? Are we still going to wait for the CBO or uh, CBA or are they going to, you think those, there might be some stuff that starts happening. Well, you know, if, if it's a guy that doesn't have a qualifying offer, I think it could happen right away. And uh, there's a, a, a Zoom call ahead of the 
the GM meetings with John Daniels and, and Chris Young. And, uh, you know, they said that if there's, if there's something there, they're not going to wait, they're going to go ahead and strike. And, um, you know, whatever happens with free agent comp compensation and new CBA be damned. Right. Um, I don't think they would sign like 10 guys, but you but could assume. Yeah. I think they'd have a chance to, to, you know, if, if they know they're going to sign one and they're ready to, they're willing to, to sacrifice compensation, then uh, you might as well do it. But I, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised. It's if you look at the Rangers history that they will sign somebody before the winter meetings. Before the winter meetings. Okay. And not, not necessarily the gym meetings ended today, didn't they? Did, did they end today? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So everybody's getting out of there today, but a lot, a lot of interesting things. Uh, Scott Boris held court where he did his little funny thing that he always does. And, yeah. and uh, he tends to, well, when you got, when you got more horses in the stable than anybody, um, I guess that it is that, that you get to kind of hold court there and he's got a lot of the names the Rangers are looking at um, there, but yeah. I mean, every team's looking at every team looks at Scott Boris clients. There's just, there's not an off season that goes by that he's not, in the thick of things and he knows it and that's why he holds court no other agent does what he does i mean yeah you know every every gm meetings and every winter meetings there's a day when when scott boris talks to the media and uh, uh they don't make any secret about it they set it up and tell us where it's going to be and we go to it and we listen and you know if if you have a if if your team is busy you better get there early so you can get in front right uh, otherwise you're just not going to hear anything so um but yeah it's uh it's 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 hard to do business in baseball without coming across Scott Boris. Oh, let's go over some of the rumors. Um, you're, you're hearing a bunch of rumors going going out there right now. You got rumors about Suzuki. There's been two or three people that have mentioned the name Suzuki with with the Rangers. You we're hearing Seager that the 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 tie with Seager with them hiring uh, hires the, the 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 hitting coach um, mm -hmm. and that there is that a pot is it realistic I mean Seager uh, I, I mean I, I've always kind of you've kind of sold me on story it just seems like the fit would be story getting here but there's a lot of talk about Seager that would be an, an amazing signing right there to get I, mean, I, I think he he is the guy that the Rangers should sign if they can I just I mean he's a he's a left-handed hitter we've talked about that right he's still, he's still pretty young. Um, he knows how to win. Uh, he, he not only knows Tim hires, but he knows Chris Woodward. So there are obvious ties there. Um, but you know, I, he seems to be, he and Correa seem to be the Yankees top two targets and, uh, may, maybe the Rangers get the scraps, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe the Yankees will control, uh, this one, but, uh, I, yeah, I, I think story comes here because, Seeger and Correa go somewhere else, but uh, I also think if the Rangers have a chance to sign sign Corey Seager, they absolutely should. Well, they got the money. I guess it's convincing, and they and they've yeah. they've put forth the effort that they're going to sit down and tell everyone the the outlook of what they're wanting to do, what they're trying to do, um, in, in in doing this. And and look, there are look 102 losses is a big hiccup you've got to overcome when you're talking to some of these guys. But let's be honest. The minor league system has has grown. They're, you're pulling out a, a, a wallet and a wallet that has a lot of money in it. And when the when it comes down to it, money is one of the biggest deciding factors. You've got to, you know, you can blow someone away and do it. Oh sure, I mean, I, <laughs> absolutely. Every man has his price, and uh, I, 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 you know, you, you look at these guys who have played for perennial contenders their whole careers. I mean, Correa and, and Seager have never i don't think ever played for a losing team maybe 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 correa like his first year but i don't even think then right so you you uh you know these guys want to compete they want to win you know do, do they want to come and they don't know what it's like to go through a losing season which which even the rangers front office is kind of forecasting here they're not guaranteeing it but right they aren't exactly saying yeah we're winning we're winning in 22 they keep saying 23 so uh you know do these guys want to sacrifice a year of that and I think the older you get, the harder it is for, for you to do that. And then, you know, you, you, you could uh, cynically say, why, why, why would this guy want to want to come to a, a bad team? You know, is he just all about the money? I think, I think that, you know, maybe if, if the Dodgers lose Seager to the Rangers, their fans can say, oh, well, he's just about the money. And I, and I don't know Corey Seager. I'm not making any judgments like that, but 
I'm just saying you could say that about anybody who, who takes the money and goes to lose your team and you wonder, hmm, that seems a little fishy, you know. Uh, but, uh, you know, there will be pressure on, on that player um, to be the guy. I mean, if you, you give somebody $30 million a year, they, they are the guy, you know, there's, there's no doubt about it. Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just think that um, it, if the, the Rangers need, need to do this, they need to sign a shortstop. They don't, they don't have anybody who's close who can produce like these guys would be able to, to do. And, and, you know, Simeon's a little older, maybe he's a second baseman, but you know, these guys are in their prime. Sure. And, and maybe it looks different five years down the line, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I think that's a risk you, you, you take at this point. And that's where your scouting and everything comes into play. Look, I, I don't know if, did you ever see, uh, I don't know that you ever did. I used to go out to, to watch Frisco a lot. Uh, and, and have, did you ever see Correa when he played uh, for Corpus? I did not. No, I'm going to tell you right now. I mean, look, I, of the two, I've never seen, uh, uh, Seager up close, um, like I've seen Correa. Saw Correa play at, at, at Frisco, hit a ball that might have gone far beyond the 502 foot thing we saw. You know that in Frisco they have that little left field, that little uh, party thing there, whatever it yeah. is. They they do the parties. Yeah. That thing was on the rise. It got out of there. He had not taken a step out of the batter's box when it clanged <laughs> off that thing, and he was 19. I mean, he was 19 yeah. or, or 20. It was right before he got called up. Never seen right. a ball. If it was, it was going up still. Had it gone over, if that wasn't there, it might have landed, you know, in McKinney or Prosper. I don't know, coming from the way it was facing. That was a man among boys there. He is, the, by far, in my opinion, the better of all of them. He's the best athlete or the, the man above boys, according to what I think. He's the youngest. And the youngest, so that, too, that, yes. That, that works in his favor. By five uh, months. I had somebody tell me that that the best athlete of the of the bunch is Story, and uh, really, you know, and if you want, you know, if that if that that means he could play a position a different position down the road or whatever, but um, you know, it they they all have something that that teams are gonna gonna like and that's gonna upgrade them. So um, it, it just you know it just it will depend on 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 if the Rangers can sell it. Yep. They have they have to sell. They have to figure out a way to sell this mess. And you know they have the two coaches, Ecker and and Hires, who right. any any hitter would want to work with. From what from what we've been told, right? Uh, the ballpark is phenomenal, and uh, you know it's in the middle of the country, so the travel's easier. The farm system's coming up, and there's a vision. And the Rangers aren't just going to spend this off season. They're going to be spending going forward, which which also makes me wonder if they really are going to jump their payroll as significantly as as uh, some people think they are. Sure, I, I don't know. You know, John Daniels is on our very first episode, and he said we don't have to spend it all this off season. Yep. So yep. I, I think that that you know you, you look at the next year's class. Jose Barrios is Jose Barrios better than any uh, starting pitcher out there who's not Max Scherzer? Yeah. You could you could make the case, you <laughs> yeah. know, and. and you know, and if the Rangers are that much closer and know that much more about their their prospects, maybe next year's when they strike on a starting pitcher. So anyway, it, there, there's a lot in play. And free agency is never just about the coming season. It's about down the road, right? Uh, future seasons, what you're going to lose, what you might add. It's it's a complicated thing. And uh, I think that that you can't just look at it in the context of of, of what's going to happen in 2022. Okay, so if you, if you ranked them in order of – uh, Correa Seager story in likelihood a ranger is is your one two three is it story Seager Correa is that how you look at it more likely story over Seager than Correa yeah I mean I, I don't know if that's what the Rangers want uh, but that's your no I'm talking I, Jeff I just, Jeff Wilson and this will change put, yeah just trying to put all the pieces together right I, I think that that story just seems more likely and again we've said this before maybe it's just the geography or whatever but. I think I think there's more. I think there's a little more to it than that. <clears throat> okay, Chris Bryant. No, I'm all for Chris Bryant. I know it, and and I'm for Chris Bryant too. I, I'm for Chris Bryant and Suzuki. I mean, that would look. Yes, I understand. I love Tavares. I think Tavares is still young, out there. Like I said the other day, what about Tavares as a as a fourth outfielder getting to play a lot and playing out in center of dumb. But if you had both Suzuki and Bryant, that's more likely not to happen. I think uh, if you got one, probably not the other, but man, a shortstop and those two, 
Man, you talk about significant offensive upgrade. Again, another right-handed bat. That's three right-handed bats with Story, uh, if you go Story, Bryant, and Suzuki. But, man, oh, man. Well, and you sell the DH spot that you can manipulate. Bryant can play first base. Yep. Uh, you know, so there, there are a lot of ways to get a lot of people, a lot of at-bats. Exactly. And, you know, when the Rangers say, oh, we're going to be creative – this offseason, you know, we have, we have ways to make our, our, a lot of ways to make our team better. Yep. Moving guys around is a way. And, and I just think that Bryant without, you know, again, he doesn't have the, the, the draft pick compensation. Exactly. Uh, he's going to be 30, I think on January 4th. Um, you know, he had a down, an awful year last year, but there, a lot of, a lot of COVID guys had bad years. Yeah. Or a lot of guys had bad years during the COVID season. Right. So I, you know, he rebounded okay this year. Uh, I, I think that just the versatility just makes him uh, a, a guy you want you want on your team. And obviously he can hit. And I just would would really think that um, Bryant should be should be a target. It just it just the way the Rangers operate with versatile players, uh, he he just makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. And you know what? Everyone knows Jeff and I have an in with both Chris Young. And John Daniels will get on the phone right after this. That's right. We're going to tell them who to go for, um, and we'll get back to you when they tell us, yes, that's who we're going for, because we know. I mean, we've already talked to them. Yeah, we'll save it for next week. But, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, the, the other versatile player out there is is Chris Taylor yep. from the Dodge. Yep. Who, he got a qualifying offer, though, didn't he? Right. He got a qualifying offer. And, and you know, he's, uh, I'm sure I've, I've heard Chris Woodward talk a lot about him. Uh, Chris Taylor and he can he really can play all over but I, I don't you know it, that's that's just it's not quite he's not quite there for me I, not not for a qualifying offer not yeah not for the kind of money you know is, is he is he another Ben Zobrist type of thing uh, yeah. uh another utility guy who just kind of faded away uh with the Cubs and um you know it, it just doesn't doesn't I just think there's some risk there, especially with the qualifying offer. Look, I think I think Taylor and and someone like Taylor and Verlander are two that we you're probably not going to see them signed until this whole CBA thing gets worked out. If it's still you know because there's a chance that could get taken off the table where they're not going to have a pick uh, attached to them. Some of these guys you're not going to care. You know what? If you can get Seager and that deal works and that's who you want. You know, draft pick be damned. You know, I'm going to – here's the money. You take it. If we get to keep our draft pick, fantastic. If not, okay. They're not going to do that on Verlander. Someone was arguing about Verlander. I'm like, you don't give away a draft pick on a 38-year-old who's coming off an injury. Sorry. That's me. That's me. And I will tell Chris Young and John Daniel. <laughs> well, you know, the, the the Players Association has hated uh, the, the first – the pick being attached to guys. You can go back to – and the, the Rangers, uh, you know, Ian Desmond, the Ranger in 2016, the Rangers benefited directly and were able to sign Ian Desmond because he received a qualifying offer and nobody wanted to sign him to a multi-year deal. So the Rangers signed him for one year. He was an all-star and then he ended up leaving. Right. But, but that, that, uh, that thing, it's like a scarlet letter. You know, you, if, you, if you're a borderline player who, who you want, wants a multi-year deal, but teams don't want to, surrendered on on that kind of player then you're screwed so i, I would you know the players association is going to hit on that hard i would think that teams uh would just operate assuming that that what's in place will carry over until they hear otherwise right and, and maybe that's what a lot of them are doing and that's why we're having this discussion but again as you just said if you have a chance to get a guy and you don't know what draft pick conversation is going to look like if it's your guy and you don't care about the pick or you're already prepared to surrender one, you go get him. You go get him. Exactly. Seager's one of those. Maybe a Castellanos. I'm I I I'm more of a wait and see on that. I like him. Um, you know, but again, another right-handed bat. Um, you know, here's an interesting name now. What about this guy? This is kind of I, I saw this in the rumors about Rangers looking at both the Seegers, and I started wondering, okay, well, what are you, what are you going to do with Kyle? Kyle could play first base. We got Young coming up for sure. He's going to be the third baseman. Uh, Kyle could DH if Willie Calhoun was moved somewhere or gone. Um, you know, look, there's there's a lot of places to play here. Um, you got Lowe, obviously, who has semi solidified the first base position. But let's be honest, he hasn't he hasn't 
captured that and said, screw it, we don't need to look for a better bat there. He hasn't done that yet. So uh, he, he, was, he, would, he did well. Um, you couldn't complain, especially in that lineup. He may be far better with a better lineup, but uh, he certainly hasn't just taken control of it where you're not even looking. No, he hasn't, and and maybe that maybe that helps put Brian more in play. I don't, you know, maybe that's what puts Matt Olson in play. You know, in a in a trade with the A's, if the A's are indeed gonna gonna fire sale the whole thing. Sure. So, uh, you know, and, and next year, if you need a finishing piece, right? And it's a first baseman next year. Uh, the the first baseman are uh, it, it's a it's a fairly notable uh, group. You know, Jose Abreu who just drives in runs. He'd be thirty six, so you wouldn't have to sign him to a a bunch of years, Josh Bell, who's from Dallas. Uh, yeah. You know, not a bad player. So um, there, there are, there are guys who have options like Max Muncie from Keller. Um, so, and Trey, Trey Mancini who does not have an option. So it, it just, you know, again, you can't just look at it all as happening the, the, this year. Exactly. And I, I think that's something that, that, that people need to keep in mind before they go crazy and get disappointed. So you think if you had to guess, are you thinking somewhere between? Uh, do you think they get to a hundred million added payroll? Well, if they're at uh, you know if they're pre-arb guys, if they're at around fifty. No, no, I'm talking adding a hundred million. Do you think they I, get? I, I don't think they do. No, seventy-five maybe seventy-five to a hundred. I, mean, I don't think they go from you know from twenty-six non-committed or you know the pre-arb just like fifty, uh, adding a hundred million it doesn't give you a lot of flexibility in future seasons because the, you know, you're not going to have a, you're eventually going to have a lot of armed players that are going to command high salaries. Sure. And then you don't know what the luxury tax is going to be with the CBA. And that's a big one. You, you, wor- you worry about qualifying offers. You got to worry about the, the luxury tax threshold. Okay. So I don't, I don't think the Rangers are going to, are going to go from 50 million to a hundred million. I just, I just can't, I, I'm not saying it's not possible. I just, I just don't think it makes sense in the in the totality of the plan. Okay. So well and and where are they sitting right now? If they added a hundred million, would they be sitting around hundred and forty total or hundred and fifty total? Well, yeah, I think they have twenty six or twenty eight on the payroll right now. That's not including the pre arm guys. Uh it, it that, that number jumps up to by twenty million, roughly twenty, twenty five million. Um so if if they were to add I mean if they were to add seventy five million. They'd be over hundred. I'd get them to one twenty-five. That's a that's big. That's huge. You know? Yeah, and and that gives you flexibility uh, if you are a contender and you want to add a guy. Okay, that gives you flexibility during the season to add, uh, and it it still gives you flexibility for the ensuing off season and the one after that. So that's kind of that's just kind of how I'm thinking. They're thinking, but. But it's you, a pretty new world out there. They haven't had money for a long time. Yeah, that's true. They haven't had owners saying, okay, checkbook's open. Okay, you know what? That leads us up. We're going to get Aaron on here in just a minute. But I tell you what, that leads us to our homework for next week. The week after that's Thanksgiving. I don't know about you. I will be traveling to Illinois. So we're probably going to have to take that week off um, unless we do it by phone. And uh, huh. we, and we could. Hey, if something comes up, we'll try to throw some i'll have my laptop we may have to throw it together we may have to throw it together without video guys but we'll throw it together and do something and get it out if something big happens during thanksgiving so let's have homework okay you have 80 million dollars take your 80 million dollars and let's you and i play gm and let's spend our 80 million dollars next week to add to the payroll and you take and so i'm going to write that down that's our 80 million dollar uh thing right there and you can say you know we're going to go by aav probably we don't have to tell me how many years you're signing someone for but aav per year that's what i'm doing and it's going to add up okay. to 80 million and if you go over right. by a million or two i'm okay but you're staying yeah. right at that that 80 threshold you can't go 80 to 100 you got to go 80 to 85 or 75 somewhere in there okay that sounds good we'll do that it. sounds good okay guys let's with that let's get on aaron zavala the second round pick the pac 12 player of the year last year all right, and joining us right now from Arizona, he is at the, the the spring training complex there in Surprise, Arizona. He was the Texas Rangers second round pick uh, last year. He's from he's out of Oregon. He was the Pac-12 Player of the Year. Actually, Jeff and I saw him play not only at DBU but out at TCU. Also, it's Aaron Savala. Aaron, how are you, buddy? I'm good. Thanks for having me today. What's happening in Arizona? You just working out? What's going on? Uh, yeah, just working out of the complex, lifting, heading, doing all that stuff, uh, getting all my off-season work in. So. 
what does that look like? So right now, are you just lifting? You're giving your body or your arm a break? I don't, I don't know. Tell it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So right now, a majority of it's just uh, working out in the mornings. Um, I'm doing like light hitting sessions, and then I'm not throwing. Um, plan is, you know, kind of after, kind of after the holiday season, start ramping up um, towards, you know, getting ready for season, um, and then kind of just go from there. Uh, they have a plan out here. The Logan, the the strength coach out here, kind of has a plan for on ramping us to to be ready for spring training. So just you know, following that and getting ready to go. So you'll be out there the whole off season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you were telling me I was there for instructs when we were talking about uh, going home to Oregon, and you mentioned it's a little hard to play uh, baseball year round outside in Oregon. So uh, yeah, <laughs> not not that problem there. That's for sure. Yeah. What what do they have any goals for you? I mean, do they want you to put on a certain amount of weight or any weight, lose weight, anything like that? You, you seem pretty fit to me. Uh, not anything like fitness wise. I mean, obviously, you know, try to get as fast and strong as you can. Um, I think it's more just general goals rather than um, specific fitness type stuff. Um, so, yeah. And, and then are they are they are they monkeying with your swing? It, it, are they doing anything major to it? I mean, you're coming off a real good college career here and it looks like you did find your your first taste of pro ball well you know but they also have that performance lab and they put you on the what is it called the mopac or whatever and <laughs> yeah and, and all that crap so what, what what's going on with the swing uh so with the swing uh kind of the big the big focus of instructs was kind of just freeing up freeing up my body um and uh and my swing um so kind of just uh and during instructs i was working through working through some things. I stood up a little bit, um, got out of my, got out of my legs to start my stance. Um, you know, and I, and I, I liked it. Um, it, you know, helped me see the ball better and it made me move. It was a lot easier to make like a good move to the baseball consistently. Um, so now it's just kind of over the off season, I'm looking to fine tune things and kind of make the swing mine so that, and, you know, season rolls around, I have a, a good base to, um, roll into the season with and kind of know the different checkpoints in my swing. How many guys are out there right now, do you think? Um, there's a couple local Arizona guys, um, and then there's a good amount of guys here rehabbing too. Okay. Um, so I, I've been working out with uh, Jace Easley, uh, Jonathan or Ornelas, and then uh, Connor Pioto. So us four have kind of um, – we're uh, just working out and heading together and stuff. So we have a good good group out here. So JC is like, can you beat him in a hundred yard dash? <laughs> Absolutely not. No, he's, he's, got wheels. he's got wheels. Golly, what did he end up with? Like 80 steals or something crazy? Yeah, it was, I think it was seven, seven, it might've been 70, 70 or 80 right on the dot. I think it was yeah. an easy number. Yeah, that's crazy. I wish I could run like that. <laughs> Me too. Don't we all? Don't we all? Yeah. All right. So uh, take, kind of take us through. The, the last, uh, I don't know, shoot has been five months, uh, four months, I guess, since the draft. Um, obviously, you're thrilled to be taken, and then uh, you hit a little bump. How did you, how did you deal with that, uh, that unexpected uh, deal on your back? The anomaly. Yeah, I mean, it was obviously crazy because I had no clue about it. You know, if I didn't have that scan, I still to this day wouldn't know. Um, kind of just as time time went on and we figured everything out and that I was able to continue to play, you know, it's, it's not something that, you know, I necessarily need to worry about because there's nothing I can do about it. So um, just in the meantime, continue to just live my life the, the way I normally would and, you know, make the most of the opportunities I'm presented with. We saw, we saw you that week. Uh, you were at, at the ballpark and, and getting a tour and you spent some time on the field during batting practice. Mm-hmm. At, at that point, was your head just spinning because you had found out or, or were you unsure what was going to happen or had they just kind of assured you, yeah, we still want you. We just got to work it out. Um, kind of all of the above. Uh, they, did, <laughs> they treated me really well when I was out there. They uh, handled the situation um, very well, you know, got all, got to, got me to see all the doctors I needed to, to, where we could make an educated opinion or uh, educated decision on how to move forward. Um, but I mean, even, even with knowing that, you know, I was in the right hands, it was 
still uncertainty, which, you know, especially with when you're talking about a baseball career is never easy to, um, to handle. But, you know, I just, like I said, I just try to, you know, enjoy the time that I was out there. Uh, Cause you know, how many times do you get to go through that process, even though there was that bump, but mm-hmm. um, trying to just soak it all in and just, uh, you know, enjoy everything. Yeah. The, um, I, 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 I don't, I don't know who you saw. I don't know. You know, there are a couple back guys that the Rangers go with. Um, I, I have a pretty long back history. And so I got to see Dr. Uh, Drew Dossett, who you, who used to be the Rangers back guy. I don't know if you saw him or not, but he's like the NFL's guy. And um, basically what he says is gold. And, and, you know, and anyway, they put you around such good people who, who do this for a living and who understand things. So I'm sure that, you are reassured that you're just a regular ball player. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's amazing to hear those words from, from guys. I like, (laughs) you are going to run again. You are going to be able to dive head first or, you know, (laughs) crash into a wall and be fine. So yeah, yeah, that's going to be a a relief in a tough situation, I guess. Mm -hmm. Definitely. It definitely was. Yeah. So, so then you go to Arizona, Mm -hmm. uh, you go to the mini camp, um, where at least for a day or two, uh, the first round pick was there. How would you describe Jack Leiter? <laughs> Jack's, Jack's the man. Um, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't know him before um, I got to Arizona, but you know, he's just, just a regular dude with a great heart, good, good mind for the game. Um, you know, just glad I got the chance to meet him early before he uh, went back to, um, went back home. You never yeah. faced him, right? I did not know. Or Oregon and never Vandy, Oregon and Vandy never crossed paths. Unfortunately, no, we never we never ventured much onto the uh, the East Coast at all. I think the the farthest I went was Texas Tech. Um, my my okay. freshman year. So did you did you play Josh Young? Was Josh Young on the on that team? I did. Yes. <laughs> all right. See, it's a it's a small world. This baseball. It is. It's unbelievable. So, all right. So, any 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 figurative curveballs thrown at you in professional baseball? I know literal curveballs are thrown at you, but did anything catch you by surprise? Being a pro, no, not really. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, most most guys that are in pro ball have other friends in in pro ball. So, um, you know, a couple of my close friends are in different organizations, so I kind of had a good sense of kind of the everyday life. So I knew I knew what to expect going into it, or at least as best as I could without actually experiencing it. Um, so, you know, when I got out there, um, kind of had a good idea of what to expect and kind of the, the daily demands, I guess, um, of what was going to be required of me. And, and, you know, I guess, I guess you didn't experience the, the full grind with the bus rides and everything, but is that something, something you had to deal with eventually mm-hmm. for a full season? Is it something you look forward to? Um, kind of indifferent on it. I mean, it has its pros and cons obviously, but with, the um, the direction that they're moving with scheduling, you know, the six game series. I'm definitely happy to go in that direction. There's <laughs> way less travel, and you know, you get to a city either on Monday or Tuesday, and you uh, you get to kind of settle in there. Um, and that's rather than playing, you know, two or three games and hitting the road again, living out a suitcase. You know, with those six game series, you can kind of kind of get a routine of sorts. Um, not necessarily as much as a of a home series, but you know, get figure, figure something out to be able to not feel like you're just always on the go, you know? Yeah. I, I don't remember if it was down East or Hickory, but one of them had an 11 hour bus ride before this season. That was their, their furthest opponent was 11 hours on the bus. I mean, I, I, I can't imagine 30 minutes on a bus, let alone yeah. 11 hours. So yeah, I think, I think they're cleaning it up. Major league baseball. I mean, it made some tough decisions, but better for the players. So mm. Didn't they put in something where you, you got to fly if it's over so many hours? Then you have to fly now. Is that it? Uh, that might be. I don't. I don't, I don't know. I, I think AAA flies a lot, but I don't, I don't know beyond that. Yeah. So, yeah. They're John, what do you got? I got. I tell you what. You're from Salem, right? You grew up in Salem, mm-hmm. Oregon. Going to Oregon. Did you play any other sports in high school? Uh, I played basketball my freshman mm-hmm. freshman sophomore year, and then um, my junior year, I decided just to focus on baseball. And, um, nail that down and get ready for college. So no football at all. You, I mean, you, you seem like one of these guys that could run through a wall. So you didn't, you didn't bang heads with anybody. 
No, I, I played I played football growing up, but I didn't want to play three sports in, in college, especially since baseball was my third sport. Wanted to be able to play fall baseball and stuff. And um, so football and fall baseball didn't didn't really add up well. Yeah. <laughs> Led to a very busy lifestyle and that just wasn't something I wanted to do. Um, kind of basketball was my second favorite sport. So um, just rode rode with those two and began in high school. Were you a point guard? Uh, I was like a small four, like a two, three. Okay. What are you about six? Are you six, one, six foot? About six foot. Six one. Okay. So power forward at, at six foot. That's good. So I see why you went with baseball. You can hit it a mile. I saw you taking <laughs> batting practice out there at TCU. I think you hit a car out there during batting <laughs> practice. Okay. Let me ask you this. Now in high school, were you scouted in high school? You had a great senior season. Were you scouted at all? Did you know uh, that you were getting scouted by pros or anything? Um, not heavily. I mean, I, I mean, there's a handful, maybe a handful of scouts, um, throughout the course of my senior season that came and watched, but nothing really past that. Um, Never got drafted late or anything? No, didn't, wasn't looking at drafts at all um, going into going into college. So, Okay. What about this? Any other colleges make an offer? I know you went to Oregon. Was that the team you grew up loving was Oregon? Or uh, did any other school give you an offer? No. So I was actually um, – well, I was committed to a junior college going into my senior year um, and then kind of – Kind of got to a point to where like I just wanted I wanted to go to Oregon. Oregon hadn't offered yet, and um, so I, I called the coaches. You know, went down on campus watching practices and stuff. And ended up getting a walk-on opportunity at Oregon. Wow! And then um, so I decided that instead of going to um, junior college, I was committed to that I was just going to walk on, on there, and then got on campus and kind of you guys know how the story went. Yeah. So let me ask this. So you're, so were you an Oregon fan? I mean, Oregon state's got a good baseball team too. You grew up in the state. Was there any family conflict? Mom's from Oregon state. That's more any, any of that. Were you just a duck your whole life? No. Yeah. I mean, my parents, uh, my parents, and my brother were, were Beaver fans growing up and stuff. Um, I was always the odd man out rooting for the ducks, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, as soon as I put on the Oregon uniform, my parents, my parents and brother made the switch. So Okay. <laughs> so, so what happened? Did something happen uh, physically? Did you did you mature in a certain way to go from not having the D one scholarship offer to all of a sudden you're a walk on and then you're a one of the best players in the country? Yeah. Um, I mean, my freshman and sophomore year, I was pretty pretty undersized. Um, I didn't physically mature until. I would say probably the summer going into my my junior year is kind of when I started hitting my stride um, and started figuring things out on the baseball field. Um, and then kind of at that point, it was, you know, teams had already given out their their money and, you know, just didn't find the right opportunity um, with with the school. Um, but yeah, so I was, I was definitely late, late on to the scene. You know, I read, I read you were a catcher um, when you were in high school, right? Now, did you catch it all at Oregon? Was it all outfield? No. Um, so actually I came into to Oregon as a catcher. Um, and then my freshman year, uh, we had two, two older catchers. And, and so they wanted, they still wanted me to, to be in the lineup. So it was kind of finding, finding a way to plug me in. And freshman year, I ended up, um, just DHing, and then sophomore year, um, played third base. And then my junior year was when I really started, uh, started playing outfield and then, Kind of ever since then, I've just uh, been out there and working. And is that your favorite? So, do you like it? Is that your I favorite? Do. I do. I like any position that gets me in the lineup, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so well, you, you, you've got you've got emergency catcher written all over you too. You yeah. know, there's always there's always a guy. That's always a question every season to the yep. manager. Who's your emergency catcher? So I think we, I think we, I think we pegged one here for a couple <laughs> years down the road. Absolutely. So keep that keep that gear around you. Yeah, I will. I'm sure they'll yeah, get they'll get you some in there. <laughs> All right, so yeah, sure not green, <laughs> green and gold. You got to get red. Yeah, no kidding. You got to do that. The A's. That's the one. That's the the big competitor here in the West. You can't have any of that stuff. Okay, I always end this with a fun game. I call it the home run game. I've played this for a long time. You have hit a few home runs in your life. Okay, so as a guy, me that hit one my whole career, I can remember it. It was a junior in high school. So I got to go back. Your first time you ever hit a ball over a fence. How old were you? Do you remember it? Oh, I do not know. I don't remember. Um, if you had to guess, were you? There have just been so many. Nine or ten, something like that? No, I, I honestly think maybe my first home run was in was in high school. 
I wasn't, like I said, like I wasn't like a very physical player growing up. Okay. Um, and then, so probably, I, I can't remember if I hit any of my sophomore year, but um, I did my junior year. Yeah. And I think so I, nine or 10 your senior year, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So okay. We, we, we ask about three different home runs. That's your first one. So you can't quite remember you saying somewhere in high school. Most memorable. Do you have a walk-off, a grand slam, anyone you can remember? Could be college, pro, anywhere. Um, most memorable was probably in the, the regional, regional final game this past season against LSU. Um, I hit, I think it was a two run home run and like the fourth inning to leave us to, to take the lead. And, um, that was probably the most memorable, um, to this day that, I, that I've hit. Okay. And then I end it with the fun one, the one you got, what's the bomb, the one you hit, where was it? <laughs> The minute you hit it, you knew it was, and it's just – it's gone. You didn't know you could put a ball that far out there. Ooh. Um, probably the one that I know that I, I got for sure was um, we were playing um, Washington uh, this this past year. And um, I don't know if you're familiar with um, Oregon's field, but we have, a like, cages in, in right field. Uh-huh. And um, hit it on, like, the backside of the cages. And that was probably the one the – one, all that I hit that I was like, yep, yeah, the ball's gone right off the bat. <laughs> the minute it hit the barrel, you just kind of ducked your head and started trotting. You knew that one. Yeah, exactly. Or, exactly. or maybe maybe you watched it a little bit. I mean, come on. Uh, I got I got to run in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Aaron, anything else for you, you Jeff, before we get out of here? Yeah, uh, surprise, Arizona, um, a hot uh, uh, a local hot spot where. Where do you where do you like to go? Do you play golf? Do you do you go out and get dinner? What what, what do you like to do when you're not at the? Oh basement? man, um, I mean, I golfed a lot during uh, the the COVID pandemic. Um, you know, there wasn't really much else to do. Found my time on mm-hmm. the or my time on the golf course. Um, I haven't gotten a, a chance to to really see see much of um, surprise. So I'm still still looking you know, to find, find my hot spots around here, but you know, hey, plenty of time. There's multiple months yeah. left in the off season. So years, years. Yeah. Right? yeah, exactly. yeah. Um, so ask, ask me, ask me in a couple months and I'll, I'll give you a better answer. Do you play golf left-handed? Uh, yes, I do. Okay. Cause I know some guys that are baseball left-handed and golf right-handed, which is crazy to me, but yeah. Yeah. It seems nuts. Yeah. No, I, I'll tell you where to go. And they're not an official sponsor of the podcast, but you should go to booties. It's not what you think it is. It's good wings. It's very good food. The waitresses have all their clothes on. Yes. Uh, yeah. The owner's name is Anthony Labuti, and he's a he's a real good guy and a baseball fan. So go watch a game. They always have the games there. And then and then surprise has a lot of snowbirds from from Oregon. So maybe mm-hmm. maybe you'll end up feeling at home. But they're, they're, maybe. they have a chance to catch a lot of Big Twelve basketball games at Booties. Believe me, because I've done it before. I've done it for fourteen years. So. <laughs> Take yep, my word for that. Yeah. All right. That's all I got for you. That's Booty. it. <laughs> well, hey, Aaron, I, I tell you what, we can't thank you enough for coming on, taking time. I know it's been a couple of weeks been trying to get a hold of you. It was great to see you out there on the on the field, actually get up close and watch you play a little bit. We'll be doing that during spring training. Um, you know, we thank you a lot uh, for taking out of your day. One thing, uh, before you get out of here, bud, um, I want to try to get a, a – get a little plug from you um you know what i'm gonna get it from you at spring training never mind it's hard to i want to get it over the phone and get a good one okay we'll get a little plug for the podcast in that's that's aaron savala uh joining us from surprise arizona aaron thanks a lot so much bud yeah thank you guys all right that was aaron savala man what a great kid good lord yeah you know and it keep i know we we go back to this every time we have one of them on and we talked about it with chris young last week these kids they're just such nice and mature kids i just they're the i just it just blows my mind every time i mean they're not at all overwhelmed by uh to to come on and do something like this no they speak in complete sentences and they they use big words stuff like that they're smarter than us or me at least exactly and and so it's it's uh it's just it's not just lip service from the rangers when they say they want good people good good guys we have several episodes of proof that that that's what that's what they have and uh they're going to be in the major leagues pretty soon i mean zavala uh advanced college hitter absolutely you think a guy like that has a chance to move pretty quick so uh we'll, we'll see what happens with him but 
Um, I, I would suspect yeah. he will be in Frisco at some point this year. I think you'd be given the chance. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I don't know why, you know, they, I know he, he was delayed because of the, the medical thing and they wanted to make sure it was all all right. But um, I bet he starts in Hickory. That's high made, now, by the way. Made it, he made it to low A and did fine there and did well in instructs. So yeah, I would be, that, that, that seems pretty reasonable to me. Yeah, I mean, starting, starting Hickory, just to your first pro go to Hickory, jump in there. Yeah. If he really takes off like Foscue, um, yeah, I could see that he ends up playing in Frisco by the end of the year. I mean, look, this isn't a 19 year old. He's not a 19 year old coming out of high school. Well, there, the theory is, and it's not just the Rangers, but you, you put them in a spot where you think they'll have a chance to succeed. They get off to a hot start and then you move them up and with a little momentum and, and, and see what happens from there. So absolutely. Yeah. You might be spot on there with, with Hickory. Hey, so get so before we get out of here is it the 19th is that when we've got to we've got to put someone on the 40 man is that it yeah next friday next the 19th uh, they have to set set the 40 man roster and um uh yeah there's four spots That's... on it right now i would expect i would expect maybe maybe one or two more well i don't know it seems like it'd be hard to protect six it wouldn't give you a lot of roster flexibility but you could make a heck of a case for you can make a case for 10 guys on uh, honestly. But, Absolutely. Uh, I, and it'll be interesting to see who, who, who doesn't get one because it'll be, it'll be close. You know, like, do you give Cole Reagan's one? Uh, you know, can, can you put Cole Reagan, can a team carry Cole Reagan's on a major league roster? Sure. A full, you know, coming off of the, the double Tommy John his first year back, you know, is, is he, is he there? I think, you know, and, and honestly, you know, would it, would would a team could a team do that with Ricky Venasco? And I, I think yes. I think if you can put Ricky Venasco out there in one inning stints and 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 hide him that way or two inning stints. But sure. Um, so anyway, those are the kind of things that they're they're juggling right now. Like like Bubba Thompson, it's very easy to hide a, a fourth or fifth outfielder on a roster, yeah, especially nationally. He can pinch so, run, be a defensive yeah. late inning so guy. So I, I think that it's uh, it's going to be interesting. You know, and, and and that'll that's always a that's always a big day for us. I always I always want to know how they got to it and why they didn't do the other guys. Well, hey, you know, speaking of it now, before we get out of here, Rangers cleared some roster spots. Were you surprised by anybody? I mean, the Joe Palumbo thing caught me off guard. I kind of figured he was run out of places to go. Um, tell me, talk about that. Who anybody that kind of surprised you? I was surprised he got claimed. Um, the Giants claimed him. Uh, you're talking about a guy who. Has a you know a very good arm, <clears throat> injury, great, great curveball, um, but he he just can't he just has never been healthy. Right. So you know it's a <clears throat> it's a little bit of a reach, uh, maybe a chance on their part, and I don't know. Depending on what they do, maybe he ends up hitting waivers again. And <clears throat> but um, it's uh, it, it, I, I I hated to see him go. You know I I really I really like Joe and you know Gu- Guzman with the knee injury it made sense, but but now he's a minor league free agent and. Uh, it, it might be best for him to go somewhere else. You, you never know. It looks like uh, the opportunities may not be there with low, but who, who knows, you know? Yeah. And, and so uh, we'll see, we'll see what offers are out there. You know, it, it may end up that the Rangers offer him, give him the best chance. Yep. Um, so anyway, you know, I've known Ronald since he was 18. The first time I met him was in the Dominican at the, at the Academy. And uh, he blew me away him and Mazzara with their ability to speak English. And yeah. And, just be thoughtful and how smart they were, um, you know, and I, I give all the credit in the world to these Spanish speaking players who, who learn English and, and, and are willing to speak it. And it's, uh, it's kind of an insult on our behalf that we haven't learned Spanish. I mean, I know a little bit of it. I can, I could get lost in a city and probably, probably make my way out of it, but that's about it. And it would yeah. take a while. Yeah. So <clears throat> what these guys do is just, just tremendous. And, uh, but Ronald's also just a good guy, funny, likes to keep it light. Uh, big smile. Big smile. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, uh, the the hope is he he's back in the organization, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's not. Hey, and folks, let me tell you something. This week could be a little crazy. If you've got till the 19th to, make, to clear spots, if you really feel yeah. there's seven or eight people that you want to protect, that means you've got to clear a few off the roster. So maybe some trades are coming. Maybe somebody's going to sure. get moved for a minor league. Sure. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, I mean, I think that was part of the reason why Hans Kraus ended up getting traded. I mean, the Rangers were going to add him, but uh, he he in in trading Kraus, um, you 
alleviated one off season decision. And uh, yep. I know, I know that that's a trade that sticks with a lot of people the wrong way, but um, nevertheless, I think that was, that was one factor for Hans's inclusion. Yep. And there's some fringe guys right now that are sitting on the fringe. And I, I, I gotta be honest with you that, you know, they might be, they might be moving to a new organization this week, or they might find themselves uh, tr- clearing some waivers too. Um, I, it's interesting to see by the 19th, cause I know they've got a lot to, to look at and to, to probably, you know, think about protecting. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's a tough spot. You're, you know, again, like I go, this goes all the way back to free agent spending and not going crazy this year. There's a, there is a plan in place. Right. Part of that plan is developing uh, young talent, minor leaguers, and you don't, you don't want to lose them and you still want to collect them. So um, there's a, it's a big puzzle. A major league baseball <laughs> team is a big, big puzzle. And there's so much that goes into it. Well, and, and let's, let's be honest. It's, it is so cool that they're going to finally spend some money. Guess what? Those people have to be put on the 40 man roster. So you've got sure. spots that have got to get filled. So, you know, something's got to, something's got to give here. Yeah, Corey Seager's not signing on a minor league deal with the Rangers. <laughs> no. right? So yeah, you're you're gonna you're gonna see a lot of roster fluctuation uh, throughout the offseason. Yep, and I think next week should be fun, and we're gonna do another one next week, guys. That's it, Jeff. Anything else? No, we're good. The kids are home from school, and uh, I think Molly's got a softball game at six fifteen. It's the wife's birthday, so we've got we've got a lot going on today. All right. Well, we'll tell Jennifer happy birthday, and you guys go have a nice meal, and and uh, we'll talk next week or later. We'll do that. I'll get this out later. Guys, thanks for being a part of it. Thanks to Aaron Savala for joining us. Uh, like I say at the end of every one of these, next time, guys, we'll just we'll see you at the yard.